You're listening to the Armchair Cricket Podcast. Hello everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Armchair Cricket Podcast, a podcast focusing on test cricket by armchair critics of the game. We are recording this episode exactly 12 years uh, to this day after India won the inaugural T20 International World Championship back in 2007 in uh, South Africa under none other than Mahendra Singh Dhoni's uh, captaincy. So let me welcome my co-host Ajit so we can get started about uh, talking about uh, MS Dhoni as well as several other things. So hello and welcome to you Ajit. How are you doing? Hi Gary. I'm very good. How, how are you doing? I'm fine, thank you. Uh, just a few busy days at work and not much happening in terms of test cricket, right? So indeed. So, yeah. But for 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 a change, I think uh, we have some T20 internationals going on around the world. But mm-hmm. apart from that, the other big news that's been doing rounds has one of the many points uh, are uh, you know firstly about Mahendra Singh Dhoni's imminent retirement announcement. We don't know when that's going to happen. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And uh, Rishabh Pant and his uh, continuing struggle uh, in uh, the shorter format of the game as well batting at number uh-huh. four. And then the other big news we heard today about uh, Jaspreet Bumrah being diagnosed with uh, an unfortunate stress fracture, you know, a familiar for four if you're a fast bowler um, in the international arena these days. So what 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 do you have to say about uh, all these three, all these things? Well, I mean, that's uh, a few things to unpack. Uh, yeah. So let's go through <laughs> each of those one by one. So first of all, well, let's start with the lightest of the weights, uh, if I may use mm-hmm. that term. Rishabh Pant, look, even in the last uh, T20 versus South Africa, the stage at which he got out left India in a very precarious position. And probably uh, also the way he got out, hitting straight down long on's throat or long off's throat, was, it did not look um, a very accomplished way uh, for a batsman of his caliber, you know, to be getting out, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, there is no accomplished way to get out, but at least it was not, he was he was looking uncomfortable at the crease and it showed in the way he got out, let me put it like mm-hmm. that, right? Mm-hmm. So, I think I think it's mostly a mental thing. I mean, for a guy who's so comfortable playing a test, scoring 150 in a test, albeit on a fairly flattish oval pitch, right? Mm-hmm. So, this guy has the, he, he has the, let's say, the chops to make it at, at the top level. So, is it just the yips that once suffers, you know, usually they say the second season is a tough season because first season is your breakthrough season and you have all of these new things that you want to do and you go ahead and achieve it, right? But yeah. the second season is the trying season because that's when people already have found out what you are and you know what you have already achieved, but can you repeat it or can you grow on it, right? So mm-hmm. I think it's just second season yips, if anything, and maybe a bit of, you know, um, a bit of complexity unknown or unrequired in, in his own mind, which is not... Mm. Uh, encountered mm-hmm. before and therefore is probably trying to struggle with it. So I think he's in the right company. I mean, people like Ravi Shastri, even though he expects results, at least when you come across like an uncle uh, with whom, you know, dare say, Pant could sit down, have a you know beer or two and relax, unwind. So maybe he's, 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 he just needs to sort out a couple of things. But I mean, when it comes to his performances in the shorter formats, I think the leash is a bit shorter. 
Mm-hmm. In the longer formats as well, it may sort of flow into it. So the worry is as long as it doesn't really, you know, flow from one format to the other and he's able to clear his head and do well as a keeper and bat well, I think it's very crucial, right? What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I fully agree with what you said. Um, I think the test arena is a different ball game altogether when you compare it with white ball cricket. And Rishabh Pant is traditionally good in the shorter format. In fact, the shortest format, that is the T20. And I was a bit surprised that, you know, uh, he was trying really hard. Like you said, there is a mental block, which pro- which is perhaps preventing him from performing well enough. Uh, but I think the other point here is uh, him batting at number four and not being able to express himself. I think he's a hard hitter. And uh, when he comes out to bat, I think he's one of those guys who tries to hit the ball from the word go. Uh, and uh, the role he has been offered here is more of a consolidation role, right? So if you have a good start, you consolidate. If you have a flurry of wickets, then you come and, you know, basically secure one end, right? So, and uh, and the other guys around him, like Shreya Sire, the other talent that Indian cricket is, uh, you know, Indi- Indian cricket has produced, he, mm-hmm. he, he sort of is more suited to number four, I would feel. But yeah, I think it's it's still an experimentation with Rishabh Pant. There's still a long way to go. He needs to be given a longer run. I think we should not, uh, you know, jump into conclusion and then say he's not good at number four or number five and, uh, you know, just, just kill his career there because we have seen that happen with other players as well. And look at what KL Rahul is uh, going through right now. So he's, he's out of the reckoning all of a sudden. While he was in one of his, I think he was in a purple patch last year when you take a look at his uh, IPL performances as well as what he did in England, you know, prior to the test series, right? So it, mm-hmm. it comes and goes, but maybe they have to persist with Rishabh Pant. Although, you know, people like uh, Sanju Samson and who's the other guy, uh, Ishan Kishan, for example, those two guys are waiting in the wings. Uh, but I'm not sure if they've done well, well enough to uh, warrant a place in this squad. So Rishabh Pant has been touted as the future uh, Gilchrist, so to speak, in a manner of speaking. But let's see how it goes. I think he should be given a long run. So, I mean, I think uh, Ravi Shastri will probably be, uh, you know, a bit more lenient towards him, although he comes out and says in public that uh, Rishabh Pant needs to uh, show what he's capable of and he needs to deliver consistently. But I think we we should let him grow. Not we, but everybody, every Indian cricket fan. So it, it will happen. I think he will come good. Eventually, uh, like all good things, I think he will come come back to form and uh, he will produce some uh, wonderful knocks, uh, which will uh, cement his place in the squad. So the uh, next topic, of course, I would say is Bumrah. He's uh, definitely mm. a little bit of a lightweight compared to somebody like Dhoni. So mm. um, this is a bit of a worrying thing because, you know, he's been, well, he's been a vital cock to this Indian team in all three formats. He's probably the best all-format bowler there is out there, right, Bumrah? Mm. And also, I would say his load has been managed effectively. It's not like he's not been rested at all. He's been given rest as and when is required. I think this is one of those small things that can occur in a fast bowler's career. And it's also mm. occurring in, let's say, second or third year of his full, uh, let's say, full workload as an international bowler. Only thing that I'm really worried about is if this is something that comes and then, you know, he recovers through it. And if it whatever uh, rehab is required, he goes through it and he's coming out stronger on the other side is good. Otherwise, it could really affect him like it did James Pattinson. Like he had to take a year or so out of the game. And, mm. you know, one hears all these horror stories. Also, some, for example, Bishop, Ian Bishop, the commentator, mm. lost a lot of pace because of some lower back stress injuries from which he could not recover correctly. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. So when you hear all this, let's just hope that, you know, 
he comes out of it on the other side much stronger and maybe take as much time as is required for rehabilitation i know it's a blow for the indian team with the test series beginning yeah. but i mean there are enough other bowlers capable bowlers sumesh yadav has been named as a replacement so mm. let's hope you know the team will not suffer much but as an individual and going forward with his career bumrah the bowler should not suffer long term you know from his career perspective i hope he recovers well and he's able to come out on the other side much stronger what are your thoughts kiri uh it is a big blow uh, to the uh, indian bowling uh, lineup because they had this test series coming up against south africa right so that's starting on the 2nd of october so it's just a week from now um and this will impact the result for sure but having said that i think bumrah's injury has been it's it's more of i think it's a minor stress fracture that's what i read and i hope it's not a big one and um, you touched upon james pattinson another you know another uh, guy comes up in my mind who is uh, you know uh, the famous shane bond right so he also had similar issues but i think it was much worse uh, when you when you you know when you hear such uh, injuries occurring uh, to a fast bowler just just think about pat cummins for example he i think he played in every one of those five test matches in the ashes the recently concluded ashes Uh, and uh, what an amazing fitness level uh, he has right i mean such bowlers i think he had his share of injuries in the beginning of his career but now he has probably become much uh, f- you know fitter and healthier so he is able to uh, uh, serve uh, australian cricket team with his bowling skills but maybe this is a blessing in disguise for bumrah he gets a longer rest so that he can come back strong maybe i think it two or three months right usually a stress factor is about two to three months recovery time and then they'll come back uh, after that so this hopefully helps him in the long run uh, although he will be sorely missed uh, but uh, it's a good opportunity as well for guys like umesh yadav who is going to make a comeback uh, with his uh, natural pace of course uh, but skill wise i think he's probably a little less skilled compared with uh, bumrah but he can be very lethal on his day and uh, i think he has done that on many occasions especially on subcontinent conditions so yes especially i remember that when kumble was india's coach uh, umesh yadav was given a longer run and he performed brilliantly in the last home season that uh, he played so it's a good opportunity for him to showcase his talent and uh, come up with the goods that india needs in this uh, test series what do you think about umesh well i mean look he's been sort of chopping at the bit i would say he went to west indies and uh, even though he was a part of the squad he didn't get to participate there ah, right so i think he's chomping at the bit to prove himself let's not forget that in the previous year uh, i think in one or two tests ago i think he took a 10 for when they played in india right so he sort of uh, in a good good place i'm sure mentally that uh, also he enjoys the confidence of his captain kohli uh, because he plays for the same uh, uh, you know ipl t20 team so there is there are some good vibes there so i'm really hoping he embraces this opportunity wholeheartedly and does really well because uh, often times they use him as a shock bowler right when they play three spinners or something umesh yadav used to be the guy the go to guy because he has the pace to be used like four uh, three or four small spells during the day maybe totaling 12 overs or something right uh, he can probably embrace that role again we'll have to see how the pitches are uh, going to be so we'll we'll see how that comes up but uh, yeah. Owing to that, he may not even get an opportunity. This is still a chance, but I'm hoping he gets the opportunity and he's able to, you know, uh, make a good uh, mark on the series uh, with South Africa. Right mm-hmm. now, going to the heaviest of the three, Mr. Mahendra Singh Dhoni. Right. Mm-hmm. I don't know what is sort of holding him back from retiring outright because 
I would say he has this tremendous respect that people probably have for him. Just outside of Tendulkar, I think he's the most respected and the most famous cricketer. So let's hope, you know, he's able to make the right decision for himself. I would say it's time he retired. What do you say, Giri? Yeah, you mentioned something about him arriving at the right decision. There is only one decision that he needs to take, and that's retirement. Um, I remember when Sachin Tendulkar retired, you know, all of our childhood hero. Uh, we all grew up watching Sachin play uh, so well for India. And he was the lifeline of the Indian batting lineup back then. And uh, when he retired, it left a sour note. You know, I keep saying this time and again to everyone I speak about uh, uh, Sachin Tendulkar that he left, he left it too late, basically, because people were questioning uh, when rather than why. Right. I think he, he left it too late. And uh, I'm just worried that Mahendra Singh Dhoni, I know he has his own legacy. He has won everything that is to be won. Like right? the, the T20 World Cup, the 50-over World Cup. India were also uh, number one test team under his captaincy. Uh, so he has won everything that has to be won. Uh, but is he tarnishing his legacy by prolonging his retirement? He, he just needs to come out and you know announce that he, he he's going to call it a day. Right. He can still continue to play for CSK, right? He's, he, can, he can still do that. I think he's fit enough to do that. But yeah, I, it really pains me sometimes that uh, I, I I open uh, you know uh, sites like Crickinfo or uh, all the news uh, websites, uh, hoping to see that announcement one day, but I don't see that. So I hope he doesn't leave it too late and uh, makes it happen very soon, so that you know there is a clarity uh, for himself as well as for everybody everyone who is his true fan uh, which i am one so yeah we just have to wait and watch i guess mm, mm. look i mean considering his stature you don't expect somebody else the board or somebody else to really make that decision for him it would really be his own time and his own time of choosing so to say to call uh, his career to an end so but you're probably right you know if i were to just look at his own mindset i would say when you are such a sterling performer for so long and you, you are able to scale all these peaks in terms of performance, probably it's a very difficult thing for you to come to terms that uh, you are no longer able to perform in such a way, right? I mean, mm-hmm. it's almost like confronting your own mortality as a sports person, at least, yeah. right? Yeah. Mortality of your career. Probably it's a very difficult thing for anybody to come to terms, especially somebody who's been so, you know, such a high achiever. So mm-hmm. that is the problem. We know Dhoni's career has always been, um, you know, he's always managed it so well that he's always gone before somebody has pushed him. So be it his retirement yeah. from tests, be, yeah. be it his retirement from captaincy, handing it over to Kohli, all of these things, right? So I'm hoping he takes another such prudent decision. So let's see how that comes up. And we really wish Dhoni all the best in, you know, making whatever decision is suitable for him. Now, going further, um, if you were to quickly take a look at some of the, you know, other interesting news of the field, you, we have, for example, you know, Akhila Dhananjaya, the Sri Lankan mystery spinner, now is banned for a year. Giri, I don't know if you saw this news. Uh, he's now banned for a year. What would you think about it? I mean, it looks like he, he can't play until the end of August to the 2020. Such a blow to a young spinner. So he will miss out on the T20 World Cup, basically. Or was it yes. still in October last year, next year? No, I think it's uh, I think it's in October next year, right? Yeah. 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 So he can still make it, but yeah, there is always going to be a question mark. I don't know what to say. I mean, why was he allowed to play? Maybe the Sri Lankan cricket board should have taken a look much earlier. Uh, when he was being groomed, right? So if there was a technical flaw with his bowling action, uh, people in the you know coaching staff they should have already noticed this. 
uh, now that he has been banned for a year, I think it's going to be a big uh, void in his career. And to make a comeback from that, it's going to be very difficult. I, I cannot think of any bowler who has been banned for more than a year, uh, who has made a successful comeback and has been prolific in terms of taking wickets and uh, performing well for his team. So I hope it goes well for him and he comes back uh, all guns blazing and uh, does his country proud. I would like to disagree and agree with you simply because yeah. I can't recollect another uh, bowler who sort of was banned for a year because of his action and was able to come back and perform really well. But mm-hmm. we do know Shane Vaughan lost a year of his career, right? Uh, okay. And there have been bowlers who have lost time because of injury and who have been able to come back and do well. Patrick Cummins is an example, yeah. but also, uh, you know, Shane Vaughan himself, he probably went down from strength to strength. But as you say, there is a point there that when something as basic as your action is being questioned and has been, you've been told you have to rectify it, probably a lot will change in the player's career. So we really hope, you know, he's able to make a comeback. I mean, look, he's one of those guys who's able to bowl a googly, a leg break, an off break, a toppy, maybe a dosra, every, everything. So yeah. Yeah. if he can probably identify those deliveries that are deemed illegal and completely leave those out of his armory, I think he still had enough guile and enough of a loop as a spinner to succeed. So also he bats a bit, right? So I yeah. would say that would be more yeah. than enough. This is my yeah. recommendation, but it's an easy thing to say sitting and talking about it for a person who's a country course. But um, uh, it'll take a bit of a hard work for this guy to come back. But knowing that he's already tested success at the highest level, he stands a good chance of being able to replicate it once more. You know, you mentioned something about Shane Wan there and him being not, you know, not able to play for one year. That was not due to bowling action, of course, but uh, more about the the diet pill thing, right? So, and uh, that was not of a. I think that was a difficult issue altogether when you compare it with the bowling action. And uh, this probably leaves a bigger scar mentally than the other one would. But anyway, let's move on to the next topic, which is about uh, the T recently concluding concluded T uh, Twenty International Series between India and South Africa. There's it was a three match series. The first mm-hmm. one at Dharamshala was washed out. We spoke about that in a previous episode. And then the second one was played at Mohali, uh, which India won comfortably. Uh, Kohli starting with the bat and uh, uh, Deepak Chahar doing well with the ball uh, for India. And then in the third T20 international at uh, Bengaluru, uh, South Africa managed to clinch a comfortable victory with India strangely you know, choosing to bat first because they wanted to try that out apparently and Kohli was really happy they tried that out. So what's your take uh, about this? You know, What's your take on this and uh, what do you, how do you see this series uh, you know, uh, from India's perspective as well as from uh, South Africa's perspective? If you were to quickly go back to the match uh, in Mohali, so this was a good performance by India because uh, they bowled first, they were able to keep their opposition to under a 150 sort of a target, right? So... That was good. So, Quinton de Kock did well. He made 52 and then Bauma, who's um, making his debut this series, right? So, he made 49. Outside of that, there were no big contributions as far as South Africa was concerned. But Deepak Chahar really bowled well with the new ball. He swings the ball at decent pace. So, so he's a good, let's say, find for India in terms of the upcoming T20 World Cup. He's one of the finds that India would like to persevere and try to see how he fits into the picture, right? So, I think India plays as many as 20 T20s, if I remember right, between now and the next T20 World Cup. So, he would be given enough opportunities, one hopes, that he's able to, first of all, cement his place and show his value. This is a guy who can swing the ball at good pace and he will always be a handful no matter which format of the cricket. And because he plays for 
Chennai Super Kings in IPL. He's also very well versed with the tricks of the trade, the slower ball, the back of the handball, all of these things for the mm-hmm. T20 cricket. So this is a good find. And Washington Sundar, who lost a bit of time due to an injury, right? He's also made a comeback and looks like he's also sort of looking good to be a part of the Indian team uh, for the near future, at least as far as T20 is concerned, because this guy can open with the new ball. So interestingly, this guy is used in a different way when he's playing for RCB by the same captain, that is Mr. Mm. Kohli, uh, to when he's playing for India under the maybe the coaching of uh, you know Ravi Shastri, maybe I should say. right? Mm. I don't know how much of a difference the support staff makes, but when you give this guy a new ball, he's such a difference. When you see that even in this match, he considered only 19 runs of his three overs, but most importantly, between him and Chahar, they choked all the momentum out in the first power play right, for South Africa. You could see that very clearly. And when it comes to the chase, Rohit Sharma failed, but uh, Shikhar Dhawan did his bit. So he scored a 40. And with Kohli sort of, him and Kohli sort of set up the chase and broke the back of the chase, so to say. Because when by the time Dhawan was out, with a score on 94, uh, the writing was on the wall because there were enough balls left and the run rate was almost like six and a half and over. So from there, Kohli along with uh, Ayer finished it off comfortably. The only thing is, you know, Pant again failed. This is another talking point. So both these matches, we already spoke about what happened with Pant in the third T20I, right? He sort of threw his wicket away after looking uncomfortable. He sort of, again, did not look comfortable here and he gave the wicket to the debutant left-arm spinner for down. So it is an interesting match here. So the second one was okay. Uh, you know, not a lot of surprises, Kohli being declared the man of the match, but... The third one, uh, surprisingly, in spite of knowing the pitch and the conditions so well, Kohli decided to challenge his team and ask them to set a total. Well, this is a two double-edged sword, right? So, Anjana Swami, we know a team batting first, if they are able to bat well and set a score of, let's say, 180 plus, even 200 plus, they are a team with a whip hand. Here, the team failed uh, sort of miserably, simply because Dhawan played well, but there was really nobody was doing any anything much. And back-to-back wickets from Fortown, the wickets of Pant and Ayer, back-to-back balls really broke the back of Indian, let's say, the middle order there. As a result, India couldn't do much. You know, Jadeja looked okay and Hardik Pandya looked really uncomfortable. He did not time a single ball. So it was not a very convincing performance. Duran Hendricks did well there, took two for 14. But then when it came to the chase, I think Quinton de Kock sort of brought his Mumbai energy with him. And he was able to master the chase, like very much like what Kohli is able to do, right? And there was not a lot to write home about any of the Indian bowlers. Anything to add to that? Uh, only that Quinton de Kock stayed ahead of the game uh, when India were batting. So I think he knew that he had to take key wickets of Shikhar Dhawan and Virat Kohli, which he did. As soon as he did that, uh, with uh, Fortown, he was able to uh, put a squeeze on the uh, Indian run machine. And that basically, is, you know, managed India to you know uh, a low very low total and that kind of total is you know it's it's a walk in the park for any team at uh, Chinnaswamy Stadium which is in a way Virat Kohli's home ground where he has lost a few matches if I can be a bit uh, modest about his record uh-huh. yeah but otherwise I think it's it's a fair result 1-1 because both teams played well in each of those matches uh, second and the third T20s it would have been nice to see a, uh, to have seen a decider, but it's that's the way it is. So it's fine. So they move move on to the test series now, which uh-huh. is going to be very interesting. So look forward Indeed. to the test series next week. I mean, what? Let's let's be frank about it. We are desperately waiting for it, aren't we? Absolutely. So, uh, I hope uh, October second comes sooner rather than later, and the test series begins. Yep. Right. Uh, going on, if you were to 
take a quick look at the uh, you know the Bangladesh Afghanistan Zimbabwe tournament the tri series uh, the final was played today and uh, it was completely rained out so the final was going to be contested between bangladesh and afghanistan and this is going to be a mouth watering match as far as i was concerned right so afghanistan had won the only test and then after that they started the t20 series really well as well but sort of lost a bit of momentum but then it would have been a fantastic fantastic finale for their entire tour unfortunately it was rained out but it looks like there is no reserve day agree given that it's played in bangladesh in september there is no reserve day uh, how do you see this Yeah, that's a mistake i have to say they should have had a reserve day but apart from that why do they play in the monsoon season why do they play this we had a similar champions trophy back in i believe 2002 i think i mentioned this in one of our previous episodes where india and sri lanka were in the finals they played on the stipulated final day as well as on the reserve day but they could still couldn't achieve a result so they had to share the trophy so the whole point of playing in the monsoon i don't get it I mean, look, playing in the monsoon is not a problem, and Bangladesh, we know it rains all the time. But keep a spare day at least for the final, right? Let it possibly happen if, if maybe you spread over two days like they did with the World Cup uh, semi-final, right? So, anyway, that's a bit of a frustration. But at least both the teams were able to share the trophy. In many ways, you know, this is probably a better result compared to how the World Cup final ended. So yeah. it's a weird thing to say, but well, at least both the teams shared the trophy, right? when it comes to lessons learned from the world cup final giri we have just got got to know that the uh, bbl and the women's bbl the big bash league tournament held by australia right the t20 premier tournament they hold mm-hmm. both of them have now are allowed to have multiple super overs in case of a tie right mm-hmm. so it's going to be like a football like thing so one uh, super over if it uh, ties you mm-hmm. go into another super over rather than doing some sort of a stupid count back on some uh, you know boundary or something so that's a lesson i think they have already learned and incorporated into the rule book so that's a good thing to see as far as i am concerned also there was a t20 being played today between the india women and the south africa women kerry did you have a chance to catch this at all no i'm i'm afraid not well it was a very interesting match in as much that uh, india batted first and scored 130 for eight they were they got there with a bit of struggle only the captain core uh, making uh, 43 but later when it came there down to bat south africa were in a bit of trouble they had fallen to 6 for 65 let me put it like that but then minion dupree continued hitting and uh, somehow the spinners were like rolling rings around everybody in the team except her she tried to drag the team to as far as possible all the way almost to the last over but then they failed by about 11 runs one thing i would like to bring to your notice at some point in time deepa sharma the indian off break bowler she had analysis of uh, leg break bowler i'm sorry she had analysis of 3 overs 3 maidens zero runs considered and three wickets taken so this looked like very good in the end she finished with 3 for 8 of her four overs have you come across any much better uh, you know analysis other, other than this in t20 uh, matches giri mm, well i can't think of anything from the recent past but i can think of some odi figures the famous 6 for 12 by anil kumble you remember that i think that was a hero cup finals against uh, west indies back in 1994 Uh-huh, uh-huh. And there was one by Sunil Joshi in Nairobi. I think that was against uh, South Africa. I think he got something like 5 or 6. Exactly. But T20, yeah. I, I think cannot think of anything now. There is one more, I think, just because you mentioned one day. I think there is a 6 for 4 by a certain Stuart Binney in Bangladesh, if I'm not wrong. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah, I forgot yeah, that. So, well, in T20s, there are some. I think there is a 4-3-2-1 analysis by Mohamed Irfan playing in CPL, if I'm not wrong. And then... I think Chris Morris had a 4 for 2 uh, in a IPL match so some very good 
analysis do come to mind but all in all it was a stunning effort by you know deepa sharma unfortunate that she had considered eight runs in the last over otherwise it would have been one of those other very stellar mm-hmm. numbers mm-hmm. as well nonetheless i i would take 3 for 8 from four overs man being a leg break bowler i tell you that's a very good effort right yeah going further uh, you know there are a couple of other small news first of all the sri lankan tour of pakistan that was sort of looking in a bit of jeopardy will go on and in fact today the sri lankan players have already landed in pakistan so that's a good news as far as you know cricket returning to pakistan is concerned right uh, outside of that a couple of other small news well sx won the last you know last ever t20 blast so i was following a bit of it on the final stay again a last ball finish with the captain simon harmer doing the bit ball with the ball and with the bat in the end right so well done to sx there also in a sort of little bit of a unfortunate news an owner of the kpl team so karnataka premier league team this karnataka premier league is a t20 league hosted by one of the provinces or states in india called karnataka from where we both come from the owner of one of these teams called belagavi panthers he has been arrested right on suspicions of uh, you know uh, doing some uh, something to do with the bookies so it's not a good thing uh, we really hope there is no match fixing or something on top of it because it's really bad so if you were to go further and take a quick look at the trivia section the question from the previous episode was when was the last ashes series drawn and how many ashes series have been drawn so far so we had actually given the answer to this when we were doing a preview of the ashes series so unsurprisingly our you know our good friend yogesh who's also a keen listener has written the right answer there have been six drawn ashes series so far and uh, you know the last ashes series that was drawn was actually in 1972 so he got both these answers right as a small aside and is also a cricket statistician and comedian he sort of said you know that was the last time the series was done and the britain is joining the eu now another series is done and britain wants to leave the eu uh, there should be some sort of a relationship between drawn ashes series and you know britain and their relationship with the eu so it might be very interesting so the trivia question for this week is which country's test 100 came in the latest match so you know when teams started playing test cricket some teams had their first test 100 already in the first match like australia with charlie banham and scoring it like and so on and so on right so like this which country had the latest test match 100 or how many matches did uh, the latest country to achieve a first test 100 take so we hope you write in your answers and your thoughts to us through social media for example twitter at @armchatreport or through our facebook page or uh, you know you could write into us at armchatreport@gmail.com also if you have some thoughts about how things are going and whether you would like to see some changes to the way we do things or you know write any other thoughts of yours do write into us it always gives us a bit of a philip when we get some feedback from our listeners don't forget to leave us a five star rating on any platform you use to listen to our podcast especially if it's apple itunes or podbean all of these things they do help us plenty of uh, test cricket coming up also some interesting you know series coming up so we have a lot to discuss in the upcoming episodes so i do hope you're all going to stay tuned in having said all that It's a goodbye from me. And it's a goodbye from him. Bye-bye. You're listening to the Armchair Cricket Podcast.